in a world where literature is dominated by dusty leather-bound books with no pictures. Three men dare to venture to their local comic shop to approach the counter and utter those three magic words. Make mine paperback. Welcome in and welcome back to Make Mine Paperback, a podcast about comic books and the fictional species of small, furry, mammaloid bipeds in the Star Wars universe. They inhabit the forest mood of Endor and live in arboreal huts and other simple dwellings, being seen as primitive in comparison with other sentient species. Ewoks debuted in the 1983 film Return of the Jedi and have since appeared in two made-for-television films and briefly... In the 2019 film Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, I'm Graham Miwok Giles, and with me as always, my fellow Redwood residents, his language is based on Kalmyk, a Mongolic language spoken by the Kalmyk people of Russia, the main dialect of Detective Comics' Stephen Shear, and his name is never spoken in the original trilogy, but people still seem to know it. People either love him or they hate him, or they think he's just okay. Alex Shear! Today, we begin our theme for the month of May, Vibrant Variants. This week, we have Alex's book on the theme. Alex, what are we talking about this week? Well, Graham, this week we are diving into Infinity War, Soldier Supreme, number one and two. And for a little bit of extra fun, we're diving into Secret Warps, Soldier Supreme, annual number one. Uh, This is written by uh, Jerry Dugan, artist Albert Kubert, colorist Matthew Wilson. Gamora has collected all the Infinity Stones granting her powers beyond all belief. In her quest to keep the stones, she has folded the entire universe in half, creating new heroes and new villains who are unaware of their warped origin. In these books, Stephen Rogers was unable to serve his country in World War II until a secret government program taps into arcane sorcery, transformed him into the Soldier Supreme, the magical warrior embodiment of the American spirit. Before we dive into that, guys, Stephen, what did you read this week? I, besides reading the annual and the required readings for this week, I I picked up my latest polls and I got a book called Rogues, which is kind of DC, one of DC's vibrant variants, but not one we're going to talk about this month. But it kind of talks about an alternate um, reality where some of the uh, villains of Central City, which is like Captain Cold and those people, they find a, they're kind of trying to find the straight and arrow. But they found a non-illegal way to get a bunch of gold from Gorilla City. So they're going to not break the law to get really rich is the whole idea of this one. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. I like that. Yep. I like that. I Graham, like what about you? I breaking the law and also getting really rich. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I like breaking the law and not getting really... No, sorry. Graham, yeah, what do you I, read this I, week? I don't like that. That is my real life. <laughs> um, I don't break the law. I don't get real rich. So, uh, so this week I, uh, I moved into my new house and so I didn't have a lot of time for reading. Uh, and when I did, I was, uh, looking for some comfort food. Uh, and so I, uh, wandered my way over to, uh, Superman red and blue, which I've mentioned before, uh, in reading, uh, the last time I read through it, I got about halfway through It's only a, only a six issue run, but a bunch of short stories, um, about Superman and then only inked in uh, red and blue. So kind of really striking sort of looking comic book. Um, but this time I, I finished that series and just a really cool 
series, uh, these short stories allow the writers to focus on what makes Superman Superman uh, without worrying too much about continuity and, and developing character and that kind of stuff. Uh, and so there's some really cool stories in there and, uh, and those were cool. And then I also did a little bit of Grant Morrison's Green Lantern for basically the same reason. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Um, no, it sounds like, sounds like that Superman is a, uh, is a pretty good one. One that is still on my to read list. And uh, something I'll have to dive into at some point in the near future. Yeah, Superman Red and Blue, really cool and like really easy. No, no investment, whatever. You know, you talk about sometimes there are really cool issues that you want to read, but in order to get to them, you have to read all the backstory, and it takes a long time. This is the kind of thing where you could pick up literally any issue. It's six issue run. You could pick up issue number four and start at the very beginning and be fine because it's all short stories. Gotcha. Um, so so yeah pretty cool and i think a pretty cool place to if you have friends looking to uh start read comics a good place to start with the with reading comic books for the first time very cool very cool this week on top of obviously what we read and the book that i picked i dived in dived into mark wade's dr strange surgeon supreme one mostly because i'm anticipating the new dr strange movie that comes out this week multiverse of madness gonna be great really excited i'm going thursday night so that should be a lot of fun. But uh, I just really kind of want to get a little bit more about Doctor Strange, kind of learn a little bit more about that character, because that's a character that, while he's great, I feel like a lot of people don't really talk about out and haven't talked about aside from because of his relevance in the movies. So this is a character that I wanted to get to know a little bit more about. And, I mean, Mark Wade and Kevin Walker, I mean, they just do a phenomenal job with this series. And... Dr. Strange, Surgeon Supreme. It's really cool. He gets to go in. He has, he, he restored his hands. So his hands aren't shaking anymore. He has like full use of his hands and the hospital utilizes him for only the most dire situation. So he's still following his Hippocratic oath by saving lives as, as a doctor should, but also, you know, saving the universe and protecting it from, you know, mystical creatures and whatnot. So it's, it's really cool to kind of see, him have his hands in both worlds at any one given time so great little read though um i read the first five issues six issues of that so pretty good stuff i definitely recommend it for you guys as well yeah that sounds good i might have to check that out i really like uh mark wade did a, a run of fantastic four that i really like and so uh might have to check out the uh what's it the surgeon supreme that's what it's called dr strange surgeon supreme yeah yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Doctor Strange is my uh, favorite character in the MCU, so that'll be a good read. Yeah, definitely, definitely recommend it for both of you. It's It's got some good stuff to it. But we'll just kind of dive into this week's book. Obviously, it is the Infinity Warps, and I say warps with a hesitation because it's actually, the title is actually Infinity Wars, but they throw a P in there for the meshing of worlds. It's Infinity Wars, Soldier Supreme, uh, numbers one and two. We'll just start off right from the rip. We are first introduced to our protagonist, uh, Stephen Rogers. And I'm not going to dive into the story of Captain America. Everybody knows the story. He was, you know, thin, frail, you know, not fit to serve during World War II. Got the super soldier serum became this ultimate badass and went and punched Hitler in the face 200 times. 
same kind of story here, right? We, we, we dive in and we see Stephen Strange. He's walking into this medical facility on this army base. Um, and we are introduced to all of these different characters. Dr. Erskine is in this book, actually a woman. Uh, for those who have seen the movies and who have read the comics, Dr. Erskine is actually a male. And he's a former German doctor who helped essentially create the Red Skull. And this is a woman who is some sort of sorceress, some sort of magician. We're not not really sure what her whole role is, but she's a scientist on top of being a magician. And she essentially puts some sort of spell on a super soldier serum to inject Steven Rogers with. And all of a sudden, where we see him super ripped he goes from being thin and tiny to this super jacked super ripped guy who can deflect bullets with a magical shield well in working in the the steven strange part of it we have uh his hands before this surgery are, are wrapped up in bandages so and and if we go to the the other issue we read this week the annual that kind of explains that his hands were useless and that was the he was thin and frail but the reason he got his his 4f um, was because of his hands. He couldn't even hold a rifle. Um, and so he volunteers for this experiment in order to beef up his body, but mainly to make his hands usable. Yeah, kind of like how... And I think it's... Uh, I mean, I'm not as familiar with Doctor Strange in the comic books, but I'm assuming it's kind of the same as the movies where he's in that car accident and um, you know he can't use his hands. So it's kind of cool how they figured out a way to combine their two backstories into one even. So they have the injured hands and, you know, Steve Rogers' typical backstory. He wants to be a great soldier in World War II. I think that's a really creative, creative way to handle it. Well, and that's one thing I I already love about this anyway, is that we're getting... And this is why I love this Infinity War series. It's You're getting these meshing of two worlds. And these writers and these creators take these old retellings of these stories that we know and that we're very familiar with. And they find a new way to spin it, find a new way to create it, to kind of capture you and bring you back in and get you interested in a kind of an alternate version of that story. Yeah, and I think that's a really cool thing to to do. I mean, I love reading like alternate timelines, alternate, you know, stories for that same reason. I mean, we know these characters so well, so it's kind of cool to put them in a what if situation to see what, you know, they would be like under different circumstances. Mm-hmm. And and really cool that the writers don't have to worry so much about the consequences yeah, exactly. of these characters' actions, so they can have a little more fun um, in yeah, writing when, these. When comic book writers don't have to worry about continuity and you know what's this going to mean for the great story, I think they can write some really cool stories. I really like it when the publisher lets them have freedom like that. Yeah, absolutely. And and so I I guess you know obviously we introduced kind of the character we we see him kind of springing into action. Uh, the first thing I, I notice right away, and this is me being a huge cap lover, is not only did he get this super jacked, but he throws up his hands to try to stop these bullets, and it's immediately the Captain America shield. 
right yeah, yeah, out of it's, it's out like of this magical spell and i love that. that's built that's built into his dna so even if it's magic he's gonna have the shield before we like jump to that though before before we see him get injected there's a splash page of dr erskine um <laughs> kind of like doing her ritual where she's yeah. floating mm-hmm. above the ground to get all these can all these candles really cool splash page we've got all kinds of uh, like you know, viscera from uh from various animals and and maybe humans but like organs and skulls and bones and stuff in these bowls around her and she's chanting for science yeah, yeah she's doing um, magic for science <laughs> which reminds me of the the uh, futurama episode where they're like trying to bring back a a robot and they keep talking about like oh this is this is science even though everything looks like a demonic ritual <laughs> um and so uh so i just i wanted to point that out because of that comparison no, I no that's I love fair. that panel uh, so i guess you know initial reactions initial thoughts what would you guys think of this book or these books uh so far just kind of get some quick reactions before we continue down that road well thinking about the annual too which we are going to talk about i really like the annual i think it um kind of explained things pretty well but yeah i mean i liked it it was it was a cool it was cool to read like we kind of already talked about to see the writers have a little bit of freedom with these characters mm-hmm. and I'm already partial to captain or captain to that's right. You are. That's right. You <laughs> are. Captain it America is, for you. It Alex. is on the record. Stephen is partial to captain America. You heard it. And here first, Strange. Folks. So um, I liked it just because I had um, one of my favorite characters in it. And I liked the freedom they had with it. And some of the ways, the way some of the character combinations they had, especially in the annual, I thought were really funny <laughs> and really creative. So it was a good read. And, I read through it pretty quick, so mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a good time. Well, in, in with the like the the mix of Doctor Strange and Captain America, we also get kind of a mix of art styles here, where it's kind of a meshing of uh, old and new. It's it's definitely a new style um, of art, but we also have the it's kind of trying to look vintage, and so we uh, we get this kind of cool mix of a vintage cap, but drawn in a more modern style. Um, and so, yeah, I think the story is is kind of really cool, um, and the art also fits with it very well. Something that I really, as 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 we continue into this book, and as we continue into these books, something that really stuck out to me was very similar to their own traditional storylines. They don't really understand the power that they have now. Like Steve Rogers, very initially, very clumsy and kind of. You know, oh, I've got this huge body now that I'm just not familiar with. Stephen Strange, I've got these powers that I'm trying to figure out, trying to learn. So it's kind of cool to see them or to see him, Stephen Rogers, kind of figure out what he's doing and trying to figure out what, you know, how do these powers really work and and not fully understanding the power he has. I mean, you, we go to the, the panel or the, the one page where the military is literally lining up different weapons and they're just shooting at them. They start with a gun, then they start with a rocket launcher. Then they bring in a whole freaking tank and just like, Hey, you know, stop this. And I just think that's super cool. And as, as he's continuing to narrate it as well. So we don't really see him talking as much. We just more see the narration and it's, and it's, and it's almost like, Hey, you're just going to enjoy this, this visual while I tell you, you know what else is going on and and i love stories like that well it feels like the introduction to a movie or something where we we get to see the the montage of events while the main character monologues for us throughout 
Yeah, it makes it. I mean, it makes it easier to follow the story too. Sure. So, moving on. Obviously, we you know we see him preparing for battle. Um, the one of the early panels, one of the first half panels of this first book. You know, he's talking about you know thanks to Doctor Erskine, history was would be different, and we see him in his full costume. He's got the Eye of Agumoto and then the Doctor Strange logo. And then he's got the star on the on the the shoulder. He's dressed in the traditional red, white, and blue of Captain America with the robes and the cape of Doctor Strange with the helmet of Captain America. And I just, I love the meshing of it. But I wanted to point out the other characters. Um, you've well, so got, everybody in this universe is, is a combined two people. Right. And that's what I was going to bring up. So you've got, um, it, you've got Bucky Wong. So oh, yeah. <laughs> that's James Buchanan Barnes with Benedict Wong, um, who's Doctor Strange's main sidekick, which I love. I yeah, love how they like brought him over. Yeah, the, the two best friends. companions. Yeah, yeah, like I love that. And then you've got, um, you know, Dum Dum Dugan and Nick Fury, like old Nick Fury. This isn't you know modern Sam Jackson Nick Fury. No, this is the original Nick Fury. Who it was Nick Fury and the um, Nick Fury's. Agents of Shield or Nick Fury's Howling Commandos is what it was originally. So it's cool to kind of see the meshing of all of that as as we continue down these stories, and you kind of see their personalities come out both sides of the personalities, specifically with Bucky. And you know, we'll continue on. Obviously, they're they go on, they're fighting. Um, you know, Stephen uh, Stephen Strange, Stephen uh, Rogers is being this ultimate badass. You know throwing his magical shield and throwing his magical spells and uh, just running through Nazis, which I mean, who doesn't love that? Right. Um, You've got Benedict Wong or Bucky Wong, I guess um, using what looks like some sort of ancient martial arts, as well as like his guns and his giant metal arm. Right. Yeah, we we get a little bit Winter Soldier, a little bit um, of of Wong's kind of magic martial arts stuff, and uh, yeah, I love the panel of him flying through the air yeah, with just, the time was, gun in his yeah, hand. Yeah, that's that that's what I was. Yeah, that's what I was bringing up here. I mean, it just looks cool, right? And then you've got um, Dum Dung Fury sitting in the back with this massive gun, just you know, <laughs> blowing through people, and I just you just love it. Like you know, it's Cap and his sidekicks or. Doctor Strange and his sidekicks. Like, you know, I just, I love it. Either way, you're not going to get anything wrong with it. But it, but it's, it's so interesting to see the, the cat personality come out, even though he's the sorcerer or the soldier supreme. It's, it's so interesting to see the cap side of this come out because Captain America and Steve Rogers has always been, no, there's always a fight. There's always something we have to keep doing. And, you see in 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 this panel and in these pages, even Bucky's saying no, like, hey, we we earned this chance to take a break. Let's let's relax. Let's enjoy the night. And Bucky, being the playboy that he was, of course, has two ladies on his arms. It's just, but it's very much, nah, Steve. Let's let's relax tonight. We we we've earned this, and and I love seeing that personality kind of come out for him as well, because that was very much Bucky. That's not that's not Wong at all. It's very much who Bucky is, is the playboy like, hey, we, we did our job. Let's let's just let's take it easy. Yeah, that was going to be kind of brought up a good point that you said about the different personalities. So with 
with Captain America and uh, Steve, Stephen Strange kind of combined, it seems like he does. It seems like Captain America is a dominant personality, at least in this one, because I mean, it looks like you said he is trying to go out and look for that fight. Whereas, you know, I don't know Doctor Strange as well, but I feel like that's not, you know, he's not constantly going out there and looking for that fight like Captain mm-hmm. America is. So it seems like Captain America in this issue is still the dominant personality. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I think so too. That's the that's the thing about Stephen Strange is that so often he's um, kind of a recluse, kind of kind of a almost hermit like kind of hiding back with his uh, with his powers and stuff, and and thinking of the wider universal mm-hmm. uh, consequences of using any sort of magic. Whereas you know, Captain America, we see all the time is on the front lines, and this is kind of an interesting. What if Captain America's sense of duty had Stephen Strange's power behind yeah. them? Yeah, that's what we're saying. That's why they're able to tear through the Nazis so easily. <laughs> they're yeah. all they all have the personality combined with just raw power now, which right. is so just we, super cool. We do get that. So we get the panel where the we have uh, Bucky Wong with women on his arms, and then very shortly thereafter we have. Bucky and Steve kind of bunkered down in the snow, hating their assignment. And we see Bucky get blown to bits. Oh yeah. Which, which like terrible. (laughs) Well, and they kept that parallel too, right? I mean, if, as you read these books, if you know these characters, even if you only know them from the movies, right? Right. They, they keep these parallels so good. You know, Bucky dies in in the first Captain America, you know, dies. Um, right. Spoiler exactly, alert, yeah. He doesn't really die. <laughs> well, and same thing here, right? He 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 dies in quotes um, no, because I, Steve is not going to let him go on his own. He's going to bring him back from the dead. Right. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's what I was going to say. That's one of my favorite things is when they when comic creators do write an alternate story and they can still like incorporate important milestones happening to that character, like in creative yeah. new ways. So I kind of figured that's what was happening there, but it was, it was just so abrupt because just like they were just walking in the woods looking for something and just boom. I thought he like stepped on a right. landmine or something. And I, I think it does fun. a good job of uh, does a good job of, of representing the kind of sudden nature of an, imp- an unpredictable nature of war mm-hmm. where it's just like, you know, they think they're on this mission and they're kind of bored and annoyed that they're in the snow. And then suddenly tragedy strikes. Exactly. And that's, and I mean, and this is where I think Dr. Strange's kind of response takes over a little bit more so than Cap's response. You know, Cap in, in the comics and in the movies, you know, he's understood. I still, you know, this is the worst thing that has ever happened to me, but I still have a job to finish. Right. Because he's always duty comes first. Mm -hmm. Um, but right, we've seen Stephen Strange a few times go. Uh, the uh, I have this magic power, and what's the point of having it if I don't use it to make? And, and generally, it's it's not quite so selfish as make my life better, but it's about like saving the ones that I love. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we see the Stephen Strange personality kind of come out and take over a little bit here. You know, he's you know get back in your whole fury, you know, get away from me. I have work to do. And he starts, you know, casting a spell or working on an incantation and you can't really tell what he's doing, but it's a very heavily implied that he's trying to find a way to bring Bucky back. Right. And then we, so we get this spell is completed, but in the next page, we don't see Bucky back. Right. So at this point, 
at least for me, when I'm first reading it, I'm kind of under the impression, well, knowing Bucky Barnes' story, I'm under the impression that Bucky's going to make an appearance later. Mm-hmm. But at this point, we think that the spell has failed. Mm-hmm. It yeah. just it just didn't work too bad. <laughs> but the, this, the very next panel, we get the news. Hitler's dead. Congratulations. War over. Right. <laughs> And that and that's the best part. I mean, because you see, you see, uh, Soldier Supreme and Dum Dum Fury just sitting there. Or well, they're they're walking and they're talking. They're with the soldiers or whatever. And you, you mentioned earlier about Cap Steve Rogers being on the front line, no matter what. He's always in front, always leading the charge. And in this same panel that we find out Hitler's dead, who's out in front? Steve Rogers or Stephen, you know, Strange, whatever. Yeah. Right. It, you know, he's out in front, he's leading his men. He's like, you know, this is this is the Steve Rogers personality taking back over. This is the sense of duty. This is what I owe. You know, I'm going to I'm going to lead these men. I want to be the one who faces the danger before they do. And the, I love the conversation that he has with Dum Dum here. He's like, Hey, these men need you. They need you to just do more than you know, just kind of heal us. You know, thanks for the new eye, by the way. You know, yeah, and you see like this bullet wound through his head. <laughs> like there's and so, so, you know, a shot that nobody should ever survive. Um, but he's clearly walking around. He's like, yeah, you know, you healed us. You've healed our men. Like, but they need you to continue to be the soldier and uh, kind of get over your grief right now. Yeah, they need him to be Captain America. They need to. They need him to be Steve Rogers in this case. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, and when, when we find out that there's work to be done after Hitler, of course, Steve Rogers steps up. Right. This this is the, my my favorite character from this book is is this next character that we see. Like Hitler is is dead, but there's still one more enemy to defeat, and we so end up the final boss. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, in that final boss, we are introduced to yet another mesh, another character mesh. It is Dormammu Red. So the big bad from Doctor Strange meets the big bad from Captain America, the Red Skull, and Dormammu and it's Dormammu red and he just looks cool. He does. Yeah. I mean, he's got the robe, which robes are always cool. If you can pull them off. I mean, like don't walk around in your bathrobe, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> they like magic robes are cool. He's got the, he's got the red skull that red skull normally has, but his whole body is like glowing. I don't know if they're flames, what's going on there, it, but he's terrifying. Looks, yeah. It looks and, super yeah. cool. And, and the- and he's called Hitler's priest of hell. Um, there would be no victory while he roamed the earth. And it's like, what a way to describe the guy. Because that's just like accurate. You know, Red well, Skull they, is the worst. And then Dormammu's also the worst. So go ahead, Steven. Yeah, well, we get the insanity and the and the soldier serum, like the, the buffed out soldier of, of Red Skull. Plus that like, like leadership that Red Skull has. Even though it's twisted, he has that ability to inspire the people around him. Yeah. Uh, plus the the just raw power of Dormammu. That's that's crazy. It's just just tough to compete with. Yeah, I mean, hats off to the writer too for um, <clears throat> figuring out a plausible way to have the main character of Steve Rogers and Doctor Strange fight. You know, two of their enemies in their own separate stories, respectively. You know, like have a plausible way to combine the two to have a priest of hell. I mean, that makes perfect sense for. Like it sets up an actual battle that would make sense. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in this cre- in this creative team's meeting, right? Like, how do we mesh these characters and make it 
good, you know, because I because they, they could have done this a million different ways. They could have meshed any of these characters with anybody and it probably would have been fine. Right. But I think mixing Steve Rogers and Stephen Strange probably felt it probably feels like lazy writing. It's like, oh, Steve and Steven, we could that, that works. We'll make that work. But I but I mean, to not realize when do when just use utilizing that name at the time, the other characters you would have to bring into play, specifically Red Skull and Dormammu, to to be able to mesh them in such a way that that it looks great and it's written well. Yeah, like you said, hats off to the to the writers and the creative team. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. So we have we have Steve fighting Red Dormammu. And uh, very, uh, very quickly, we understand that that Stephen Rogers is outmatched mm-hmm. um, by this just incredibly powerful bad guy. And when we see Stephen on his last leg and just not able to continue, uh, and he says, anytime now. And it's at that point that if you know any sort of Captain America story, you know that, okay, well, Bucky is about to make his return. And he certainly does with a knife through Red Dormammu's chest. <laughs> which is, which I mean, which is just a beautiful way to bring Bucky back, right? And, uh, you know, like you said, Steve's getting, Steve Steven is getting just the absolute crap kicked out of him. Dormammu, Red Dormammu is just, he's dominating you know he t- he's giving his monologue while he's you know burying Stephen Rogers into the ground he's you know your power you know you know they weren't it wasn't you know prayed to the heavens like where do you think your power comes from like it essentially implying your power is being is comes from the dark dimension things like that um and then he's talking about how i'm going to burn you and i'm going to kill you and then he then then i love the back and forth he's like what are you Mind God, what it, what it, and it's just he's going back and forth between his English and his German, and then Bucky's just standing there, and the, then Dormammu Red makes this joke about I thought the Winter Soldier was just a ghost story, oh it is, and he's an actual ghost standing there with right. a yeah. on the end of his bed, <laughs> and Steve's like yeah thanks Bucky like whatever, and so I mean again we see duty take over and we see the uh, the soldier supreme and and Bucky uh, take the fight to Red Dormammu just for long enough to him go this isn't over and cast them into the dark dimension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one final you know present to Steve Rogers before he's gone. <laughs> right, that's right. He's like, well, he's going. He's going. I'm not going to kill you. Like mm-hmm. that would be torture. I'm going to send you to the dark dimension, which is even more torture. Yeah. Like you're not going to be able to survive there. This is a place where your light won't be able to shine. Uh, and we see the dark dimension kind of encompassing both Bucky and Stephen. And we see Bucky question him, and he says, "Hey, how long has it been since the battle where I died?" And he says, oh, "It's been a long time, but it's good to see you, buddy." And uh, and he says, "This isn't right." And that's where we see a little bit of Wong coming out and saying, "This isn't right, Stephen. This is yeah. not. This is not how we should be doing things. Um, you're breaking natural laws by bringing people back from the dead." And we see Bucky disappear, and and Stephen is left in darkness, just completely encompassed by it. Well, and for me, this this panel, this that 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 four or five mm-hmm. image run right down the page. That last one just breaks my heart. Yeah, you can actually see how sad yeah, uh, you, Captain America right. looks. 
he's just he's like ah oh, bucky's gone like cuz he knows he's he's a ghost he's not he's not really bucky he's not really mm-hmm. there he's a ghost and then he's then like you said the wong side comes out and says no this isn't right and basically says i'm going to excuse myself and you just see him just just looking defeated just right. downtrodden and it's just and that that last picture right before it says to be continued breaks my heart cuz you just see sad Steven Rogers. Like it just ah just wait great way to end book one, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's on a good cliffhanger. But that's very reminiscent to again, if you know the story of Captain America, him, you know, disappearing into the ice for however long. And they bring that up to start book two. Um and, and he, right off the top he says, you know, I disappeared at the end of World War Two, been locked away, lost in time in this dark dimension. You know, Stephen Strange obviously does his fighting in the dark dimension for a time. So, again, great way to mesh the two storylines and make it, you know, Steve Rogers gone in the ice, Stephen Strange gone fighting in the dark dimension. Great way to bring those parallels or to bring those stories together. Yeah, it's like the story's almost telling two stories at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. Really like that. <clears throat> but the. Oh, good. I was just gonna say I, I really like the um some of the artwork in the dark dimension was was pretty good too. I, I like the use of colors, the use of blues. It's one thing I noticed, plus to all the monsters in there. It, it really I really like the artwork in the second book is what I was gonna say. So yeah, as we move into that second book, that that is it's it's Stephen Strange or what was Stephen Rogers rather, yeah. um, against just the horde of monsters and demons that exist within the dark dimension, and we see, I mean, this is like a like a you know training montage as Stephen mm-hmm. learns to uh, control his powers and gets even more powerful uh, in the uh, in, in the dark dimension and like learns to become truly a a sorcerer supreme and not just a soldier supreme well and and that's that's the big part of it right you you mentioned the the training and you know he's monologuing here or the over the narration monologue if you will he's talking about you know i'm getting stronger you know i can fight these monsters pretty much at will to kind of hone my powers um he talks about how he misses bucky because bucky doesn't visit anywhere near as often then all of a sudden he sees a bright light in the distance and he's like, well, I got to get there. I got to figure out what that what's going right. on. But wait a minute. All these monsters are going to see what's going on, too. So I got to get there before they get there. That's right. So it's it's a fight slash race um, as he's fighting these guys. But really, he's trying to get to the get to the portal as, as before anyone else can, because he knows he's being summoned back to his plane of existence. And so he's going to escape through. And then we get. Uh, this weird ritual going on where they're trying to summon Satan. Like they're trying to summon literal Satan. And instead they summon Steven Rogers, who is not Satan. <laughs> and and I like the escape scene too, when he he's riding a centaur and like stabs a cyclops. Oh, right. Yeah. That's right. He, 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 he tells so the centaur and he's, he's like, he's like ride or die centaur. <laughs> and you're like, wow. And he's well, like, and the, and the centaur. The centaur makes- yeah. Yeah, he says that he says like this. This is embarrassing, <laughs> and, and Steve is like, "Me too." It's also embarrassing for me. <laughs> they, I love that they, you know, they throw in that little joke in there, right? In a in a moment that's like super serious, like it's that race against monsters and you know, essentially time, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, this is embarrassing for both of us, but let's just do it anyway." 
Right. Yeah. Well, because yeah, what are you going to do? You got to get to the portal first. <laughs> so you're talking about they're trying to summon, you know, Satan, and they're trying to, you know, they're talking about the world's under attack. There's a force that's consuming us, um, and we we open up this page, and I'm the the character that we see. It's Modok, but it's also like the sorcerer it's like dark doctor strange um who has the third eye it's so it's not like it's not and i don't i don't remember if they if they actually called him by a certain name in here or not but it's it's they very clearly yeah uh, yeah i think, they call, I think, I, they call, I think yeah, that's right yeah they call him mordok which is like yeah that's right it's the same thing as Modoc. It, it has uh, it's an acronym that has meanings to the uh, to each of the letters. Um, but I'm not, I mean, this is another matchup and, and uh, another mashup. And I'm not sure who this is a mashup of. I mean, obviously Modoc is one of them. Well, and then it's <laughs> Doctor Strange. It's the evil Doctor Strange. Oh, okay. That's that's in. It's like I think it's like um, Sorcerer Supreme or uh, not Sorcerer Supreme, um, but it's. Um, I don't, I don't remember who it is, but it's, yeah, it's another Doctor Strange mashup. Um, so again, really great effort because he's got that third eye. It's like, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the evil Doctor Stranges, which is where Marvel gets a little bit, you know, fun with all their variants of their, of their characters, if you will. But I mean, again, it's super cool to kind of see what they do with this and kind of how they how they bring this character to life. And so all these guys are they're again, they're trying to summon Satan. Like they literally even like scream out, hail Satan. Um, and then all of a sudden we flip the page and it's Steven Rogers. And he's like, well, Hey, what's up guys. And uh, then they're all like <laughs> fawning over them. Like, Whoa, Satan's like hot. As, but this is my second favorite panel besides the like science lady doing magic this is, this is my next favorite scene is when that girl's like hitting on uh yeah um you know who they think is satan and they're like what this is what satan would want <laughs> clearly this want is me satan. to want yeah. him yeah. <laughs> satan would want me to lust after him this right. lust is what satan would want <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And then so we get what America's magical ass. How, how does this yeah. work? <laughs> I mean, I mean, clearly that's what it is. And so he starts fighting Mordok, because um, Mordok's like all mad. He's like, "You're not the real Satan. Your Satan doesn't wear a cape. Get out of here." So they start, yeah, they start that, That's my favorite part too. Is, is Satan doesn't wear a cape? <laughs> like, okay, okay, I guess. <laughs> and so they start fighting, and then you know. Mordok sends out the Crimson Bands. Um, for those who know Doctor Strange, it's the Crimson Bands of Sidorak. Um, but then Stephen Strange gets up and he's like, yeah, like that's not going to stop me like it would have before because I've spent all this time studying and understanding my powers. Check out what I can do now. And then all of a sudden this is where we first learned that, oh, maybe this is a meshing of two realities. For, and we learn it for them, right? We as we as the readers already know that this is the meshing of two realities, but the characters discover, wait a minute, this is two separate realities that shouldn't be a thing that are now very much a thing. Um, and we continue to see, because 
because Steven Rogers or yeah, Steven Rogers goes into his astral form, or I think he says uh, spirit walk. And he sees a single creature as a vessel to two souls. Um, and he sees these two spirits kind of occupying this body and realizes there's something off here. Right. Yeah. The artwork there is, you know, and talk about the artwork again. I really like the artwork when you can, uh, there's like the overlay of the two different characters on the one panel with, you know, Mordok and you can see doc evil Dr. Strange leaving his body. I thought that was some really cool artwork. I really liked the colors in it and the, um, you know, the kind of the way they made it look like two different, panels laid on mm-hmm. top of one. Yeah, absolutely. I think they get, they did a really nice job with that. Mm-hmm. Then obviously, you know, we move forward um, and Steven Rogers is fighting this guy who's got this giant sword and he's like, hey, I'm trying to tell you, man, don't move the sword. Moves the sword and uh, Steven's like, well, time to put you to sleep. And he just right. I, I warned you. Yeah. I warned you. And he, he's like, yeah, I'm going to put you to sleep. I'm going to knock you out. And then he goes, but not with magic. Yeah. <laughs> just with my fist. <laughs> and he just smokes the guy right in the face. Yeah. And uh, classic Captain America punch right there. Well, yeah, exactly. That, that's, that's, where, <laughs> that's where we see the cap side come out. He's like, well, yeah. clearly the magic is moving too slow. So uh, we're just going to jack this dude. Yeah. <laughs> And well, because, great, he's, though, because he's Cap, he you know he could blow a hole through any wall with his fist. So he's like, yeah, sure, I'll just put this down guy or put this guy down with my fist. Like, whatever. Easy enough. Yeah, it's good. He's got a second set of powers when magic doesn't work. He's got the whole package now. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. So, yeah, so then the, the, we, we get this fight and we get uh, basically Steven Rogers escaping the, the cultists. And uh, the rest of their issue here, the second issue, is spent with kind of Stephen examining himself mm-hmm. and discovering that he also has two souls in one body. And then we see the beginnings of him gathering heroes. And we don't really know why he's gathering heroes other than he thinks he's going to need a bunch of heroes. Well, and that's that's the cool part, right, is as you, as we move forward into him kind of trying to figure out what's going on and, you know, he he's sitting in on these meetings. He's he's now in the, I don't even know if I'd call it the Sanctum Sanctorum. Um, I guess for our purposes, I will call it that. But it's it's got a mix of Captain America stuff. It's got a mix of Doctor Strange relics, and so it's kind of cool to see in the background all these things. You've got the Eye of Agumoto, but it's got it's not the classic Eye of Agumoto. It's got like eagle's wings that kind of cover it. So that looks really cool. Again, combining right. the it's, nature of the it's, two. It's yeah, the American eye of Agumoto. Yeah. <laughs> so, I didn't notice that the first time with the Eagles. That's funny. Yeah. So, you know, so as as you mentioned, he discovers this is a universe born from, you know, two separate universes. And he's starting to figure out, wait a minute, this is this explains a lot because this is why this is happening. And then all of a sudden he gets summoned towards the end of this book um you know they're like you know we need him help your world is an illusion you know if you can hear us please please answer yeah this is steven rogers i hear you and then we get this badass panel of him in his in his full garb with the shield out and he's like if the world's in jeopardy then the soldier supreme will stand with you we go to war and he just looks 
badass. You've got the shield as a rune on the floor as well as in his hand, and it just great way to end that that second book. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we we went through the whole journey of, you know, he you know, just like in any comic story, they gotta get used to their powers first. So it was really cool to see him get used to being Captain America and Doctor Strange in the Dark Dimension at the same time. So it's like he got through his two trials and now he's ready to be the hero. Mm-hmm. Right. So like he, he learns each of these things individually, kind of how to be Doctor Strange, how to be Captain America. And then throughout this book, he kind of learns how to combine them into being being this, you know, soldier supreme. And uh, and yeah, so by the end of it, we get this impression that he is he's ready to go. He is a, a hero in his own right at this point. Absolutely. So obviously, I mean, those those were the two primary books we can touch on the annual here um if you guys want but it's really really cool to kind of see the meshing of these two worlds and again the creative team just excellent job on bringing this to life and not making it stale or feel cheesy yeah i mean i think they retold classic stories in a way that made them feel new i think that's Mm -hmm. impressive yeah yeah i mean really cool the uh because I, I think sometimes these what if books can't. You talked about cheesy. I think sometimes these what if books can be a little bit cheesy, where it's and, and that's okay. I mean, comic books are about having fun, and sometimes it's the writers who are having fun. Um, <laughs> and this this one is, I think this one is fun, but it also feels like this is a character that I would be okay reading a little bit more about and like continuing to read on. I don't, and it doesn't need to be a, just a one issue one shot kind of thing. Um, I think there are some stories to be told here. Sure, sure, and and we find that out here with the with the annual, right? You know, we see we kick this one off right right away. He's he's talking about you know I'm Stephen Rogers, I'm an army reject. Um, with on and Stephen, you met, you were asking about the the issue. He has onset arthritis. That's okay. that was the issue. So like it, it it changed it a little bit from from that, but again, it, it kept it. You know, Steve Rogers had the the illnesses and you know Stephen strange had you know poor hands you're able to combine it and you know oh well i've got arthritis like again great job on them kind of meshing that and so i mean they they discovered that everybody he he talks about he discovers everybody was a warp um two beings that that were living in a reality outside the soul stone that's when we first learned that all of this is happening in the soul stone if this is a, right. if this is a meshing of realities taking place in the soul stone and we start we we kick it off with um Stephen Rogers taking on Madam Hell um this is supposed to be uh I don't I think it's Madam I don't remember Madam Hydra and Hella is who I think right. it's supposed to be um and they're just they're just battling and they're you know they're talking about you know this is this is what we've got going on and we and we move forward and we we see things like the fantastic 4 are now the fantastic 2 the terrific two. <laughs> yeah, the terrific two. Yeah. That was funny. Right. And the and the way they've combined the characters is so much fun with the yeah. uh, 
we, we, have, we have Mr. Fantastic and Sue Storm um, combined together to form this stretchy, invisible person. <laughs> yeah. And then we have uh, we have Ben Grimm and, and Johnny Storm combined to form this like fire rock lava <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and we're we're seeing this big party that everybody's at and talking about like, hey, the uh, you know I can be stretchy and invisible. And then we have. Uh, whatever his name is the thing or the the fire thing whatever i don't know what his superhero name is but he's flame a, on rocks that's right but he's like he's like he's like i'm gonna be in the sauna because i am the sauna <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i don't know i mean i've just never been to a party where they're like hey everybody we're gonna go hang out in the sauna but i think i need to go to one of those parties <laughs> you haven't been to the right parties yet yeah that's right you've but, never been to a sauna party yeah, seriously <laughs> you need to be at a sauna party with the terrific two yeah, I, I like that they had some fun with it though, because you know it's just just a fun, non consequential story. So I just like that they had some fun with this one too, and threw some jokes in there, mm-hmm. made it made it read a lot faster. Well, and that's that, that's the other thing, right? Is like this you you could really kind of blow through this one, and and I'm mm-hmm. sure we will in our discussion here. But we're introduced to our first Iron Man mesh mesh up. It's a uh, Sigard and Tony Stark. So it's this Asgardian warrior with Stark technology, essentially, is what, what we've got going on here. And, you know, again, very much like Tony Stark, very, you know, looks similar, has, you know, has the, all the armor. And as is classic Tony Stark and as is classic Steve Rogers, they're arguing. You know, they're not, they're very clearly not agreeing on things. They're, they have different perspectives and different ideologies. And you, you talk about Sigard or Tony Sigard. I, I don't even I don't even know or Sigard Stark. That's what it is, right? Um, and he's like, well, you know, Madame Hell, the demigoddess of death. She's the one who I'm in love with. And and Steve's like, are you kidding me? Like, really? Her? Of course it is. It's you. Of course it is. Who? Why would it be anybody <laughs> else but her? And so that's how he's like, oh, I remember her from this party now because this idiot is in love with you. So, okay, cool. Now we know what's going on. Right. And and so would you say it's a combination of uh, Madame Hydra and Hell? So I'm guessing those are just those are both bat, both villains in the comics. Is that? Yeah. So that right? it's uh, if you if you if you know the the comics at all, and like I had to do a little bit of looking on this. Um, it's not. These these are both. I think they're both Thor bad guys, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because re- it looks like one of them is from one of the movies, like the yeah. That's the that's Hell. Yeah. Okay. Or Hela in uh, Thor Ragnarok. Yep. Okay. Um, and she. So yeah, the the, okay. the final page in this book has the uh, has the combos of these people, and they they make sure that we know that Soldier Supreme is Captain America and Doctor Strange combined. Mm-hmm. Which that one, I, I don't know that we needed to explain to us, right? Um, but the uh, but Madame Hell is Hella and Madame Mask. Madame Mask, that's right, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you know, obviously this Tony Stark one, uh, it's Iron Man and um, the the Hammer from Thor. And they're just calling him Iron Hammer, um, you know. The, so I mean, again, we're introduced to a bunch of like fantastic secondary kind of characters or characters who become whatever. Um, but so so he finishes this fight with Madame Hell, 
right? And he's and he's doing all this stuff. And we're we fast forward and we and we are introduced to all these other characters. You know, we're introduced to Black Panther Ghost Rider. Um, we're introduced to and it's and they call him Ghost Panther. So it yeah, meshing of Black Panther and Ghost Rider. Um, and they call him Johnny Blaze, you know, still keeping the Which, name. <laughs> Ghost Ghost Panther is the coolest that name out of all favorite. of these. Ghost Panther. <laughs> I, I mean, it looks great. I mean, you it's the classic Black Panther armor with a flaming skull and the motorcycle. Like, that just looks really, really cool. You can really see yeah. Nick Cage. <laughs> you can really see Nick Cage in yeah. this one. <laughs> well, and then you've got Bushman the Hunter. So it's obviously combining um, Craven the Hunter and Bushman. So again, right. just looks fantastic. I mean, I'm just I'm just so impressed that they were able to do so much. You've got the Berserker. Um you I mean, you've just got Weapon Hex, you know, which right. yeah. like just I mean, it's just phenomenal. Oh, like it's just the, so good. I like the uh the guy that was just like his head was an ear too. <laughs> yeah. That one was funny. I had a lot of fun reading this uh the annual just <laughs> some of the combinations cracked me up all right it, it was so much fun this is kind of classic comic books like there's some action adventure stuff going on but the, but all of it is fun it's all about having fun there's not a lot of like i mean they, they there is some sort of weight to it but mm-hmm. so much of it is let's throw as many characters as we can at this issue and just make it a, a really fun read well and that's why that's why i really like this one because it's not there annuals don't really i mean they play a part in those storylines but they're just more like hey we're like you said we're gonna have fun with this so there's not really much plot other than oh look cap and iron man are fighting what else is new um but i mean you you get like daredevil you know he's he's mashed up with and i and i'm not actually devil fist yeah it's called devil fist so it's um iron fist and daredevil um you get like some crazy variant of like the Hulk taking on um, the thing. Um, you've got the X Brotherhood. So it's like the Brotherhood of Mutants <laughs> and like some of the X-Men and gr- oh yeah, Green Widow. So it's Black Widow is the and the Hulk is that combination. Um, so it's just it's just so crazy to see all these combinations and, and Steve Rod or Steven Rogers is viewing all this with the eye of Agumoto um, on his, on his head. So he's got this third eye that's like glowing bright as he's like opening these portals to kind of see all these characters and what they're doing. Um, And you, but one of my favorite combinations as you, and you can't really tell, I wish we'd gotten a little bit more of them was the scroll flyer or say this three times fast scroll fire club so it's the hellfire club with the scrolls which i think is super cool um and then you know now now he's like all mad about iron hamming or iron hammer because he's not doing any fighting he's just chilling on a vacation and he's just like what are you doing man right well yeah at this point we have the uh steven rogers is convinced that Iron Hammer must be the the guy behind all of these attacks, and uh, and of course he's not right. Like of course it's of course our hero's assumption is wrong. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, I don't want to, I guess if we're going to talk about the rest of the issue, but I did like the reveal at the end. I thought it was very, uh, it, was, it wasn't cheesy or stupid at the end. We're, we're kind of right there. I don't think you need to hold back yeah, the reveal. I, I, yeah. the, the, like again, with these annuals, they're just, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the annuals are just so much fun. And the name um, Death Streak, or Death Streak. Yeah, fun. like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and so you talk about him attacking Iron Hammer, and he's like, you know, Heimdall suit up. So he's like, of course, calling to Thor's Heimdall, but it's it's broken up with like periods. So it clearly each letter means something, you mm-hmm. know, sort of like, you know, calling out to Vision like, hey, right, let's get yeah. my armor on. Um, right. And, or and that's, Jarvis. That's what I, Sorry, I, not Vision. Jarvis. Right. Yeah. But that's what I love about this. Uh, this annual is was talking about the uh, the Asgardians as being high science. Like that's their that's their claim to fame is is their their crazy science, and that's why their their science is so advanced that it almost seems like magic, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's science, um, and I kind of love that take for the uh, for the Asgardians in in this book. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, no, I think that was really really cool. My favorite reveal of this book, though, um, and I wasn't expecting it, so it kind of caught me off guard. Was when they introduced uh, John um, Walker, right? Uh, and and I don't know who I don't know exactly who he's meshed with. Yeah. Um, so the other guy is is a Doctor Strange. Kalu, I it's, think. Kalu, yeah. yeah. So we get Kalu and we get U.S. Agent, who is John Walker, combined to be the U.S. Archmage. <laughs> and I just love that. Like, was not expecting it. Looks looks almost exactly like Stephen Rogers, just in his classic black with a darker red, and a little bit more lawless in how he kind of operates and how he does things. Very similar to that of John Walker and his U.S. agent character. Well, this is this is the writers calling out the fact that like they think that like Stephen Strange and Steve Rogers are not that different of characters. And this is them also calling out that like, look how they also have this similarity in that they both have, you know, villains who are very much like them. Mm-hmm. So like Kalu is, is very similar to Stephen Strange and, yep. and US Agent is very similar <laughs> to Captain America. And so it's just like like I with slight flaws in their personalities. So it's like the, a yeah, if the heroes are pretty similar and their villa- villains are similar, it's like a logic problem. So it's like, yeah, the villains are related and or the heroes are related to each other, and the villains are related to each hero. It makes sense that you know you could you could be you could pair Stephen, uh, you could pair Captain America up with Doctor Strange's main villain, and it would make sense. Mm-hmm, as right. you're saying, yeah. Well, and I love love love. As 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 those two are kind of fighting, and you know, as you know, Kalu is basically attacking Iron Hammer because, like, Steve Rogers, he's like, or Stephen Rogers is like, no, I'm gonna try to talk this out and figure this out. I'm not gonna fight the guy, and you know, U.S. Archmage is like, nah, screw that. We're uh, we're we're going right at the guy. That's right. We're we're at, at bare minimum, we're gonna knock him unconscious, but like. Let's hope he dies. Yeah. is kind of the uh, <laughs> the thing here, um, because he's always been. I mean, he's he's the he's the U.S. agent, so he's he's always he has this idea in his head that um, the key to patriotism is U.S. supremacy, and so that's his whole deal here. Is that the uh, this Iron Hammer is 
he's a foreigner. He's from Asgard. He doesn't belong in, in the United States. He's not an American, which must mean if he's not an American, he's an enemy. And so I'm ready to get rid of this guy. Right. Well, and I love, love this scene where Iron Hammer calls in his hammer and they're like, oh, crap, it's the hammer. We're screwed. Right. Like they just recognize. They're like, oh, God, this hammer. And then he's like, let that storm strike. And he's just standing there and he just well, and then he like starts, you know, hovering and he just looks bad ass. He's like, all right, <laughs> fine. You boys got war. War's coming in. Here it goes. And I'm just like. Oh my gosh, it just looks so cool. This panel is just great the way it's set up. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's I like the ending. It you know, it kept my interest all the way through. Mhm. Mhm. And one yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, you Steven, you want to talk about that reveal at the end. Mhm. Um I mean, Dormammu again making his appearance. Dormammu Red making his appearance, of course. Um, and it just, what a way to end it, you know? And I, and I wish annuals had more issues, you know, I wish, <laughs> because like, this is a great way to just kind of wrap up and like, look at who's been pulling the strings all along, you know? Yeah. Right. I like annuals, how they are though. Cause they, I like it that they're single shots. So then they don't, you know, they can kind of make sense of some, seemingly never-ending storylines i mean in this mm-hmm. case there's only two so it's, that's one thing but I, I like annuals to be short you know just one issue mm-hmm. but i mean this is definitely a storyline that they should keep going i mean this is something that would be good even to see in the movies i think mm-hmm. some sort of variation sure sure um i guess wrapping up the end of that book we you know we see steven rogers you know, trying to figure out what is all this black goo kind of coming out of the sky, you know, what's, what's going on. And it's Baroness Umar or Baron Zemo, um, combined with, and I want to say that's Psylocke. I think it's Psylocke is who he's combined with. And it's just, he starts fighting that i mean they start fighting each other and steven rogers is like oh god this is this is something totally different this isn't what i've expected before and finally 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 figures out a way to hopefully defeat him as as the goo starts to take control right yeah he's got to tap into his doctor strange side here (laughs) yeah and then I like at the end, he's like, I'm not, you know, he's like, yeah, he, he, like by the end, he's like, I'm never using magic again. <laughs> I kind of love the, uh, the classic, like, haha, you threw your shield, but you missed me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course we know Steve Rogers never misses mm-hmm. when he throws the shield. It's always like when you think he's missed, it's always a, a different plan. And, uh, we see the shield has bounced around. And bounced around what? Uh, planets? Is that what it's it bouncing off? It looks like planets. Knows? Planets or something. <laughs> yeah, moons. <laughs> and it creates this this hexagram of Hogoth. And he combines it with some runes. And basically he traps this, this baron forever. And, and wins the staff. Wins his, you know, whatever. To to kind of help save 
the universe once again, as as Steve Rogers and Stephen Strange always do. They lend their hands to help save the universe from some ridiculous evil monster. And that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, and then that's the conclusion of this of this uh, annual. Yeah, this, this annual, yeah. And my favorite shot of this annual, I don't want to say favorite shot, but one of my one of the shots that I thought was really cool, and it's a minor detail, but I noticed it right away, of course. He's in his library in in his uh in the sanctum sanctorum and the books are arranged to look like an american flag yeah that's i mean you're, you're acting like that was a hard detail this it wasn't one. it takes a it takes up the entire panel but i just think it's this, so this cool american flag i just think it's super cool, cool like combination of the yeah. two again he's got yeah. his library that's laid out like yeah a flag so it's just another another little you know easter egg it's cool that's right. He's he may be the uh, the Stephen Strange with the with the books on magic, but he is equally the patriotic mm-hmm. Steve Rogers who wants the books to represent something deeper than what they say. Sure. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't like magic for whatever reason. But I mean, it seems pretty useful to have in your back pocket. Yeah, yeah. it's a nice little <laughs> trick for parties. <laughs> so, but that's the end of it. That's uh, that's where we we leave our heroes figuring out essentially what the next steps are. Yeah. I mean, I like, we already kind of said, I really liked that they were able to tell a repeat, like a story we already know. We already know about Dr. Strange and Captain America, but yet when they combine the two and give them these, you know, plausible realistic scenarios to fight through that involves fighting, you know, it's basically like telling two stories at once. And I, I think they did it very well. And, and like I said, I think this is something I'd like to see even on the big screen or like in a TV show or something. I think uh, there's a lot of stuff there instead of, continuing stories we already know so it'll be kind of cool to see him do something like this sure yeah i, I think it'd be a lot of fun to see kind of a uh, this secret warps or or the infinity wars um to see a, a series like that on uh, on the disney plus i think would be cool yep that's uh, and that's why i'm i'm thankful that like disney plus did put out the animated what if stories because right. it, sure it's not this but we do get these alternate versions of these characters and it's, and it's a lot of fun to watch how they kind of develop through the stories. And it's cool that they do the what ifs and then they combine the what ifs, right? They link them all together at the end. When you, when you think these are all one shots until you get to the end of the series and you go, Oh wait, they're all connected. Um, is a pretty cool detail. Sure. Sure. So yeah, that's, that's where we're at boys. Uh, well with that, I think that was a pretty good first variant book. Um, I'm excited about the the theme for the month variants. Um, the uh, I don't know that much about variant characters, so it's going to be kind of an exploration for me. Yeah, I had a lot of fun picking out my book too for this theme. I'm excited to read it. That you know, absolutely. I'm uh, glad you guys enjoyed it. Glad you guys gave this a shot. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the rest of this month. This was a this is a fun kind of topic to kind of pick up and say, yeah, let's let's do this and uh, let's try something new. So I'm uh, I'm glad you guys are getting into it. 
So uh, as Alex is saying, uh, he picked the topic for this month, Vibrant Variants. Next week, we have my book on that theme. Uh, my book is going to be uh, Spider-Man slash Spider-Gwen Sitting in a Tree, uh, which is a collection of uh, two issues from uh, Spider-Man, the, the 2016 run. So it's, it's those two issues are, are, are three issues are 12 through 14. Uh, and then we have Spider Gwen from 2015, uh, which is issues 16 through 18. Uh, and so this book combines both of those. Um, the description of that book is K-I-S-S-I-N-G. That's just one of the things that make this a very modern Marvel team up as the two most sensational web spinners of the 21st century cross paths and lock lips. Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy are two young heroes from different Earths. But what threat could unite Spider-Man and Spider-Woman of the new generation? The answer will rock both their worlds. Not for the first time, Miles will find himself in another universe, and he's in pursuit of someone he holds dear. But will that description soon apply to Gwen? Or as the stakes are raised, will this spider-cross pair see teen romance give way to arachnid animosity? First comes love, then comes much, much worse. Then comes chaos in the multiverse, which, uh, I mean, just a great description uh, written by uh, the folks over at Marvel. This one, uh, the, the Spider-Man issues are written by uh, Brian Michael Bendis uh, with art by Sarah Pacelli and colors by Justin Ponsor, where the Spider-Gwen issues are written by Jason Latour, art by Robbie Rodriguez and color by Rico Renzi. Um I, I haven't really read any of the the Miles Morales uh, Spider Man or the uh, or Spider Gwen, uh, and so I'm kind of excited to jump into this going in blind. All right, yeah, those sound really good. I'm Sight reading's to, a good thing, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm really pumped to uh, to dive into those. That sounds like it'll be a good good little run, and uh, I'm excited to see what they do. Excellent. Well, with that, that was our our first episode on the uh, Vibrant Variants uh, theme for this month. We hope you'll join us next week when we talk about Spider-Man and Spider-Gwen. We hope that you enjoyed our talk about the Soldier Supreme. We hope that your hands work well enough that you continue your work as a world-class surgeon. Uh, we hope that uh, most of our readers are, are not our readers. I hope most of our listeners are world-class surgeons. Uh, we hope that you get to know yourself a little bit better. Search inside yourself with the uh, eye of Agamotto. We hope that you are made up of two people on the inside and that both those people cooperate. We hope that you get to know some of your favorite variants of yourselves in uh, parallel universes. And we hope you go to your local comic shop. We hope you approach the counter and tell the person at the counter, make mine paperback. We'll see you next week. <laughs>